0: Good morning everyone, we've been thinking about the men and women in Matthew chapter 1 included in the genealogy of Christ and we're looking at the fifth part of this man Jacob. He was a sinner by nature and by practice and so are we. His predecessors on his mother's side particularly were deceitful and those traits permeated the family and can be seen in each generation. Be careful about inherited traits. As we consider the material God is working on with this man, I would have given up long ago. In fact, I would never have started. But that's the grace of God. And that's why you and I are hearing God's word this morning. He hasn't given up on us. Scripture says God gives up on those that give him up. It also says when he begins a good work in us, he will perform it or perfect it until the day of the Lord Jesus when he returns again. What happens next to Jacob and to anyone who really wants to know God and be used by God is absolutely essential, so please listen up. He comes face to face with his sins, namely his brother, who he had cheated and against whom he would behaved so unjustly. But before he could do that, he had to come face to face with God. There's lots of details in this I would dearly love to share with you, which are so instructive, but I just don't have the time this morning. However, what's vital is he was brought to a place where he was alone with God, Maybe for us, one of the reasons that God has permitted this pandemic. A place called Jabbok, which means to be emptied or poured out. Scripture says there was a wrestling that took place until the break of day. God asked him what his name was, and he said, Jacob. God just wanted Jacob to confess who he was and what he was a supplanter, a cheat a deceiver. Someone had taken his brother by the heel at birth, but more seriously in cheating him twice subsequently. So soon as Jacob confessed who and what he was, God gave him a new name and a new beginning. He named him Israel, which means a prince of God. This man was to have power with God and power with men. The wrestling was of such intensity that forever after Jacob walked with a limp because God had touched him. You see, when we're truly converted, we're never the same again. And I suggest this often happens years after our initial experience of salvation. Jacob names that place Peniel. I have seen the face of God. Having seen the face of God, he now has to come face to face with his brother Esau, who he defended. You cannot tell me you've seen the face of God and had an experience of God touching you and you're still not prepared to do everything you can to put right the wrongs you've done and seek reconciliation with those that you may have offended. I firmly believe that this is at the very root of why marriages, even Christian marriages, families, churches and other relationships are broken, unhappy and unproductive, and at the point of being totally destroyed. Please don't keep pointing the finger at others when three of them point back at ourselves. Jacob was prepared after this encounter with God at whatever cost to be reconciled with Esau. He not only sent gifts in abundance, but more importantly, he humbled himself and grovelled, so to say. He bowed himself seven times to the earth, the scripture says, as he approached the man he had behaved so badly towards and offended. The reconciliation was so wonderful that Jacob said it was like seeing the face of God again. There was a double blessing for Jacob, seeing the face of God twice. When a person opens their heart and confesses bad behaviour to one they've hurt or offended, the experience belongs to another world, and the relationship thereafter is on a different level altogether. I do pray that this will be your joy if the message touches something in your conscience, your heart and life today? Before I finish, I want to say that here's Jacob on his way back to Bethel. But before he can return, he must deal with these serious matters. This lockdown, I believe, is God speaking to us Christians as well as to an unbelieving world. Before anything can recommence in churches, for God's glory and the blessing of others, I believe in many cases there needs to be deep searchings of heart, wrongs to be put right, offended believers to be sought, genuine shepherding to take place, and pride to be replaced with humility. That arrogant pride of thinking that we've arrived, Being ambassadors for God as individuals and collectively as churches is not a casual and minor matter. We cannot and dare not ignore the teaching of this and many other passages of Scripture. I believe, fellow Christian, if we do, please don't be surprised if everything crumbles around us and our testimony for God is lost. Finally, and I mean finally this time, when Scripture speaks about the grieving of the Holy Spirit, it's in the context of our treatment of one another. And without an ungrieved Holy Spirit, nothing, and I mean nothing, will be achieved for God's glory and the blessing of others. I realise this is a very serious subject we've dealt with this morning and I trust I've not offended anyone by what I've said but I trust also that it will have the desired effect for the glory of God and the blessing of others and the joy of your own soul. This is God's message for you today. God bless you.